Welcome to New Shooter Canada. Please remember that the show's content and word pronunciation is simply the opinion of the hosts and their guests. Well, all I like guns, and I like being free. Because I'm armed, you can't take that from me, and you should know it. Hello, and welcome to New Shooter Canada, episode 216. I am your hostess today, Amanda, and today I have Mike with me. Hello. I have Thomas. Hello, Nanda. Hello. And I also have Josh. Hey. How's everyone doing this evening? Okay. Good. Just okay? I'm enjoying this weather, I gotta be honest. Yesterday It's been a nice change. It's been a little hot. We had a lot of, a good chunk of rain this morning after Josh finished mowing the lawn, so... But now it's nice, and so it's cooled off a little bit here. Last night was pretty humid. But, yeah, after the rain, it kind of... Finally turned the air conditioner on. Yeah, we had to do that. <laughs> it, was, it was getting a little much. Yeah, but, this uh, is the first time in a long time we've actually had a really nice, hot May long weekend. So it's kind of nice. I don't, I don't mind the heat right now. It's a nice I change. know I've definitely camped in Perry Sound with sleet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I've well, had yes. it. 20 degrees in the day and then snow in the evening yeah. so really depends so may 24 is always unpredictable but well we'll get started on what we did in guns so how about thomas what are you doing i didn't do anything with guns well I did open my gun safe to check the humidity levels, and maybe we'll cover this later on with the rest of the topic. But when you're switching from hot to cold, vice versa, uh, that's when the humidity levels in your house are going to build up, especially in the basement. So I just went down and just uh, plugged in my dehumidifier and fondled my AR since I can't do anything with it in Crestman in the 1911s. And that's about it gun-wise. I got another knife. I got a Spartaco Sage one. Really nice little flipper. Um, I didn't think I'd be crazy about this uh, laminated carbon fiber, but it's actually quite nice. And a knife back into my collection, which has never happened to me before. Um, several years ago, my brother Shannon, who passed away, was watching me sharpen my uh, 110. And he really liked the knife. So I had this collector one put aside that I put in, in the basement. So since he liked the knife so much, that Christmas I gave him the collector one. Of course, I kept my own. And uh, he used that thing hard. He used it for work. And I always used to keep it in his car. So I asked my mom um, if he remembered to grab it out of the car when he scrapped the car. He lost his license for impaired for like the third time. So he was going to be driving for a few years. So he scrapped his car. And uh, my mom said, yeah, I've got the knife. And I think, oh, great. Uh, the police returned it with his personal effects. He was wearing the knife when he died. So um, my mom gave me the knife. And it was funny because I was up there for my birthday. And my mom's sort of looking at me and saying, are you okay? You need someone to talk to. You want some quiet time? Like, you know how you can never hide anything from your mom? My face hides everything. My my, my, my mom knows everything, right? So okay. been that way since I was a little kid. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm fine, mom. I'm fine, mom. And she said, well, okay, but I'm not giving you a knife to leave. I said, okay, that's fine, too. And it was a good choice because I stopped several times on the way home having a cry because the knife was in the car. So what I did on my birthday, I actually wore the knife in honor of my brother on that day. And I'm not I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it. The, the, the edge is a little – he was pretty hard on it. But one thing about it is that he was one of these guys that never cleaned it. So 
his fingerprints are embedded in the knife. I can look at it, especially in the light, and I can see where he's left his oil on it and then put it in the sheath. So I might just leave it the way it is, or I might put an edge back on it. I'm not sure what I'm going to do, but... Either way, it's, that's a very special you thing could, that uh, you have. You could right? get a little shadow box for it, hang it on the wall somewhere. Oh, I like that idea. I could do that. Or um, I was thinking maybe pass it to my nephew. I might keep it. I'm not sure. That's right a good idea. You keep it in the family, right? Keep it in the family. Yeah. Wait, a little bit. <clears throat> Wait a little bit. Enjoy it. Savor it. You know, that was yeah. a gift that you gave special to him. And, I mean, you've earned that much. And I think it's great that he used and abused it. That means that he really enjoyed it. It wasn't just something that he kept in his in his cupboard, and that was the end of it, right? So, so. your ne- your nephew would that be his son then? No, he didn't have any kids. Oh, okay. he didn't have any kids. So, I think what I'll do is I'll just put it away for now. And I'm, I got a new sharpening system coming anyway, so I will put an edge back on it. And I'll maybe I'll enjoy it for a few years, and then I'll pass along to somebody else then. So at least, yeah, it's cool. It's something, it's it's a bittersweet thing, but it's, it's kind of cool to get it back. Um, what else before I start getting all upset about it? And I found a new Canadian YouTube knife podcast. I know you guys are into knives. I'm, I'm Josh is into them a little bit. Amanda, we're, we're slowly turning around. And Mike doesn't care. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's, he can't, unless it's a knife competition, he doesn't really care about knives. But uh, my friend Parminder, and I'll put a link, I left a link in the show notes. My friend Parminder, who I, I made friends with through the Canadian Gear um, oh, yeah, I see, group, I see uh, Josh and Amanda. Yeah, yeah, he's on there all the time. Um, yeah. He's a shooter. He's a shotgun shooter, um, and he was looking for a place to, to do trap. So I, I I gave him an invitation to come pistol shooting if he wants to try it. And then there's uh, another lady that I've seen on the group named Jenny. She's a tattoo artist, but she has the coolest knives. And I have commented a couple times, so I remembered her. The other two guys I don't know, so I did watch the uh, the. I've been watching Jenny. She's got some really killer uh, knife collections, and she's her tattoos are amazing too. Like I, I oh, would yeah. pay she's to some... get one done by her, hands down. She, she's a very pretty girl, but from the neck down, she's all ink. Yeah, you know, totally. She's, she's a tattoo artist. You know, she's she's a just she's like a fellow gunning. She's a fellow knife enthusiast, but she's got high end taste, and she uses them. They're all scratched up and everything. So I, I know two of the hosts. So I watched some of it. I missed it last week, and I caught the last maybe 20 minutes this week. So it's nice to see that. We've got a few Canadian, uh, if you're into knives, like if you're into the budget stuff, uh, our friend Jake from Canadian Cutting Edge, he's got a YouTube channel. He puts out videos a couple times a week, and you can get you know inexpensive stuff through him if you're into the higher-end stuff. Uh, Kevin, clearly, he's Canadian also, and he does more of the bigger stuff, more of the stuff that I like. But uh, it's out there. You know, you don't have to go hunting anymore to find information about knives and steels. It's we've got a really thriving Canadian uh, gunning gear community. So yes, we do. It's, and that's about that it, I guess. So um, yeah, it's it was good to see. It was good to see. And you know, as I said, we don't you see a lot of women in the shooting sports. I don't see a lot of girls as knife enthusiasts. Enthusiasts. So it's great to see Jenny in there. Well, I know when I put out a couple questions out on the our little group there, the Canadian Knife Gear group, um, I definitely had a lot of women respond, but Jenny was definitely one of the most informative. 
Uh, mm-hmm. She had all sorts, and she explained that she went from, you know, technical aspects to whether they look cute or not. Um, some a little more, uh, had more tactical or practical uses to them. So I really appreciated her points of view because she could understand the both aspects that I enjoy in any kind of um, collection item, like whether it's knives or guns or anything else she she could appreciate the feminine side of it so oh yeah definitely she, she really likes cool. pretty and, stuff yeah yeah and uh parminder i always see him posting and he's he's usually giving out some free stuff too on the canadian knife and gear page as well so uh really cool guy from what i can see so i love that you gotten into that and maybe i should give it a listen i'm really bad at i know i'm part of a podcast but i'm really bad well, this at is listening. A, a YouTube channel, right? Oh, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. so that might be... It's YouTube. Yeah. So well, they're, cool. they're showing their knives, and, and Parminder has some gorgeous custom knives. I'm like, I, I have some expensive production knives. I don't have any of the custom stuff that this guy has. It just just gorgeous. I mean, the uh, even some of the stuff Jenny was, was showing. I mean, the, the, the hand craftsmanship in some of these things. It's like... It's like somebody, one of us looking at, at a, a finely blued hand tool engraving on a firearm. It's the same thing applies because they're doing the artwork on steel. It's it's the same type of appreciation. Totally. Well, no, maybe one oh, day we can. Yeah. We should get back to an on the show. We had a knife show a couple years ago with Jake. It'd be nice to have maybe some of the guys from the uh, the Facebook group on and do like a knife cha- uh, a knife channel. I like that. I like that idea. We'll have yeah. to look into that. I'm sure Jeff would want to be on that one. <laughs> so. I'm on Jeff's good books because he sprung his clip for his Spider-Man. Uh, anyways, it's PM2, and I found him a clip. So I'm his good oh. books. Hey, before we move Wait, on from comments, what, what kind of sharpening system are you waiting for? I think about getting the half stone. Oh, okay. That's um, cool. There's a, a couple. Hands-on, right? It's going to be expensive. Um, I was speaking to my friend, um, John Fitzgerald. John and his uh, his wife, Kelly, actually friends of George's, too. He's got a Tormac. But you're talking like $800 just for the base and then all the attachments oh, and everything yeah. else. <laughs> yeah, not the kind of price I'd want to pay for a sharpening system. But, I mean, if you're going to use it and it's a good quality, then... You know, just well, the same as if, if you're into it, then why not, right? So there's a downside to 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 our community and to collecting. If you start getting into powdered steels, you're not going to be able to sharpen them with any conventional system. You're going to have to get diamonds. So if you're going to drop a lot of money in a knife, be prepared to drop a lot of money in a sharpening system to maintain it. That's that's what I'm going through right now. I've got all of these really super high end powdered steels, and nothing I have will sharpen them. So. Yeah. Strop works. I've been using the strop a lot until. Well, I look forward to hearing about how your new system works out for you. So, well, what about you, uh, Mike? What have you been doing in guns? Absolutely nothing. I've done. <laughs> I mean, the closest thing that I did is I canceled a match because the lockdown got extended. That that's the most shooting related thing I did, which isn't exactly. No, uh... no try fire. No. No, dry fire? no, it's been no, no criticism while you're dry firing. Sorry, what was that, Thomas? No Lila criticism while you're dry firing. No, she only criticizes me when I'm running or riding a bike. Then, then she's all oh, about okay. the criticism. 
<laughs> uh, well, you know what? There is one thing I have been doing. Lately, Leela has been showing interest again in, like, shooting. So she's asked a few times to dry fire. So I brought her down a few times and we're, you know, we're working on how that you have to move the gun to make the red dot move on the target, you know, get it so it's aiming. Now you got and... the, little, the little rascal for her? Yep, I got a rascal for her and I got a scope mount thing and I threw one of my uh, pistol red dots on it just because, like, she's four. She, she hadn't really grasped the concept of, like, how to use a... Uh, what do you call that sighting system where it's a, a circle in the back and a and the post in the front? Aperture. An aperture, yeah. She hadn't really like grasped the concept of what she's supposed to do with that. And I thought, you know what? A red dot is simple, right? Put the red dot on where you want the bullet to go and pull the trigger. So, yeah. So I mean, she's she's grasping new content concepts, and she's asking me like, you know, what if? I put the red dot on the target, but the bullet doesn't go to the target. And I started explaining to her what zeroing your gun means and all this other stuff. And I thought, even if she doesn't understand it now, shes I'm sure she's absorbing some of the information. So that's been good. And you have to admit that that's a very good question for a four-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good point. Yeah, because one of those things where as an adult, yeah. as someone who's around guns and stuff all the time, you just kind of know, right? But... Yeah, she did it. So, yeah, so I explained that to her again. And, I mean, with her shooting that thing, I'm hoping to do a berm out back. I noticed someone had the uh, was generous enough to fill in what I did with guns after I wrote nothing. And they <laughs> Who put, would have done that? I don't know. Who could have done that? Uh, but they wrote, uh, except building a berm with my new berm-building machine so I can stop making yeah. excuses about patterning my shotgun and salvage what's left of turkey season. <laughs> Sounds like wise words to me. I don't know. Yeah. 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 So there's a couple problems with that. Maybe it was George. <laughs> that though. At this point in time, uh, so ranges are open again as of today. So as of now, it would be easier and quicker for me just to drive down to the range and pattern my shotgun. Not you as know? much fun though. <laughs> well, no. I do plan on do making a berm at some point in time with my tractor because I thought once again, my daughter's finding an interest in this. You know, it's like a lot of things, right? She comes down, she wants to dry fire, she pulls the trigger, you know, a dozen times, and then she's like, all right, I'm done. Like, let's put this away, right? So I thought it would be good if she says, hey, Dad, I'm interested, and just be able to step on, step into the backyard, you know, shoot a dozen rounds, and her be like, yep, I'm done. Okay, that's fine. You know, it didn't take us half an hour to drive to the range and back and signing in and setting up targets and all this other stuff. So I do plan on building that's a little burnout back, but... uh yeah. The other problem, too, is that I was looking at my schedule, and I think the season closes next Sunday. And yeah, I believe. Months, right? Yeah. And based on my schedule, that is my first day that I have free. So I'm not exactly <laughs> super motivated to get everything set up just to go hunting for and pay for a tag just to go hunting for one day. It really, it only takes an hour. Well, no, there's, there's, at least with my there's, there's a fall season too, and the fall season you can take them all. Oh yes, and I will sight in my shotgun, and I'll get everything ready for the fall season. I'm saying there's no rush for me to get out there and shoot the the spring season at this point, in my opinion. No, I would not. It's it's going to be rushed. Yeah. And not everyone is as amazing as a hunter as Josh, and be able to get their bird in the first what two hours or so. Hour and uh, forty minutes. Yeah. So. 
<laughs> the great white hunter with deer pickup on return. That'd be cool, though, right? Pardon me? Like, I said, it would be kind of cool if there was an opportunity that showed up, like, on your property. Yeah. Yes, it, it would be very cool. And I know what's going to happen. I'm not going to go sight in my shotgun. I'm not going to get everything ready. And on that Sunday, I'm going to be sitting on my back porch and I'm going to see a turkey walk across the field. And I'm going to be like, <laughs> if I were out in that field right now, I could shoot that turkey. Like He's going to strut by and give you the finger. Yep, pretty much. Well, I'll just have to be, I'll tell him, I'll get you in the fall. <laughs> you're, you're marked. I yeah. got you. You're on my list. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah, so that, that's, uh, that's, that's it. I haven't really done a whole heck of a lot. There's not really a lot much to do right now. Well, I'm hope I'm expecting from all of you a little bit more from our next episode. <laughs> or I'll so. be very disappointed. I won't be mad. I'll just be very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad at you. I'm just very disappointed. Wow. Yeah, yes, I, we can tell who that. has children. <laughs> all right, Josh, fill us in. What have you well, been up to, if anything? Just like everybody else, no shooting. Range is still closed, but outdoor open today. So <clears throat> um, that's really all I've done gun wise. I don't think I've even touched any or cleaned any or fondled any or, or anything. But uh, excited maybe uh, to try my new my Ruger soon. So um, we had a group executive call uh, the other day after work, and we made sure that everything was ready. I uh, went to move some stuff on the indoor range last week as we're having the floors and walls sealed. Started uh, training for the, the big ruck, the Rasul four-day ruck. Trying to do lunch walks whenever I have time at work and getting a few evening rucks in. Just hard to balance it with kids and everything else and finding time. But Amanda and I were able to do a little over five kilometers the other day. So I think we'll be okay if we keep at it. One thing I've realized, though, is tape is your friend. It keeps the blisters away because I, I was I was thinking Wednesday my uh, rucking career might be over, but a little bit of tape and I was able to overcome it. So <laughs> it was definitely a man blister, that's for sure. Oh, new, totally. new shoes? No, old crappy shoes. That's the problem. Uh. And and I'm blaming the lockdown because I can't go browse and look for new shoes. But uh, I, I'm not the kind of person who can order shoes online because my feet. I don't know. I just I have to try them on. I have to look at them, get the right ones. But. Well, you got big feet. You got size thirteen yeah. shoes. So I mean, you need to make sure that they fit right. Yeah. So, so I, I ordered some uh, merino wool socks and some Luco tape on Amazon. I'm just waiting for them to arrive. But uh, hopefully, I get to get some new shoes soon, and I'll be I'll be unstoppable. I think at that point. So watch out. <laughs> you're, you're, you're also thinking about getting a new knife, are you not? Uh, well, I'm I'm waiting on recommendations from from you, Thomas. But um, okay. yeah, <laughs> had an embarrassing situation with Amanda's parents. And I go over there to help them plant a tree, and I I try to cut the rope and the burlap burlap off the bottom of the tree, and my knife my knife dulled within probably half a dozen cuts, and it was just useless. And I just and I felt so of, ashamed. What kind of blades? I just wanted what kind to of leave. blade steel was it? What kind uh, of blade steel Aussie, was it? Aussie rat one. And you know what held up though. Was this stupid craft scissors? No, the craft, not the craft scissors. It was like a picnic set with a plastic handle, <laughs> a kitchen knife, knife like knife a steak thing. knife. Yeah. yeah, and it ended up cutting through no problems, and I couldn't believe it because I was like, I was going at it with this knife because I, I didn't think to bring mine because I'm like, oh, Josh has his, it's fine. He's got two, but the one, the one was, uh, it's his. Uh, 
his lunch knife that he uses for like cutting <laughs> apples and stuff. So it was like, whatever. And then uh, my dad, I was very surprised. He didn't have anything with him except like, yeah, craft scissors and maybe one pair of kind of like you just general use scissors and he sharpened them and they was okay. But I'm like, I'd rather go at this with a knife. So yeah, it's very emasculating. <laughs> It's very interesting anyway, just to see how... But maybe my my next turkey that I clean, I'll have to go get that paring knife and go at it with that. That might work better. Yeah, maybe. You never know. So did he say he's not so I'm sorry, man. I I had to throw you under the bus on that one. I just just had to. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. And uh, future shooting, though. Shooting I haven't done, but shooting I want to do. Um, The uh, Ragnarok guys there, they opened up the next four... Uh, IDPA matches in Guelph, so I've signed up for those. Excellent. And uh, I just need to get practicing and buy some buy some nine mil. Hopefully at a relatively decent price, if that's still possible. I don't know, but or just suck it up and pay for it. Well, you know, you want to do the sport, then you pay yeah. for it and stop crying over it. Yeah, yeah. I like your yeah. attitude, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you do, Mike, because you're the cheapest one here. You've got spreadsheets and you reload and you're you watch exactly. Everything. I'm econ- I'm economical. I that's what I say. Part of it, but not the money part of it. <laughs> I'm economical. That's what I say. Econom- yeah. totally. But you know, unless you're going to invest in a, a reloading um, yeah. mechanism, then suck it up and pay for it. And I, you said you were going to be a yes man this year, so yeah. I'm holding you to it. It's just depressing when they're when they've gone up that much. But I don't know. Yeah, I got to start watching the case sales and see what comes up. Totally. Well, I'll have to say, same thing with me. There's nothing really gun-related going on. Uh, As Josh said, the range just opened today, so we're really excited. Hoping to sneak off to the range tomorrow to play around because we managed to sneak away with a kid-free Sunday afternoon. I can't believe it. It's just ridiculous. So, uh, But this would be a good opportunity to go. And and maybe try out the Wrangler and uh, bring out my rifles and maybe get a little practice in for maple seeds. So, but we did get a chance to go and take the kids fishing and practice some archery. So uh, my oldest wanted to practice just in case he wasn't really in the mood for fishing. So I only brought the one uh, child archery set. But it turned out all four wanted to go and do archery, and I couldn't believe it. Like. Of course, but so we had to all take turns with this one, one bow, and uh, I had all the arrows, but only one bow. And of course, you, you know what kids are like with taking turns, but they actually did really well, and all of them showed a lot of interest. So I was really excited about that. So, uh, and I think we practiced for almost an hour. Like it was, it was pretty close to an hour. So I'm, I'm super excited about that. I think we're going to go and get, um, a bigger bow for Josh's oldest. Yeah. So I got them. I got yeah. them each a bow at Christmas and they can't get a full draw out of it. I didn't really know how, how it would fit them, but it's definitely a little bit too small. So we're thinking the smaller ones for the two youngest and then the two oldest who are definitely showing more interest to get them into the bigger ones. And we'll we'll kind of upgrade from there. Uh, that's our thought process anyway. But uh, so for those of you who don't know, uh, fellow podcasters of the Canadian Patriot Podcast challenged our group along with others to compete the Finnish Brazil uh, March 
Josh took the bull by the horns and signed us up, of course, not even discussing it with us. He's just like, guys, we've been called out. Oh, by the way, I signed us up. Well, I knew Mike would be, if it's a competition, Mike would go after it. <laughs> yeah, totally. That is not completely true, Josh. There are some competitions <laughs> I do not engage in. I don't know what they are, but I'm sure there's some out there. <laughs> well, I, it was a good thing anyway, and I'm definitely excited about it. But we all have, I think, in our group, different levels of fitness. And so our end goal as a group is to complete one day with the 10 kilometers and most of us carrying weight at 22 pounds. So we know that there's um, some other factors that will not allow us to do that. And that's cool. But if I I'm totally up for this challenge, I'm really excited about it and uh, go team. Definitely. (laughs) So, uh, so for those of you who don't know, there is a total of four days, three with a 10 kilometer ruck and one day with a 25 kilometer ruck, all of them with the 22 pounds um, carry minimum 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 carry. So maybe you should define rucking. So the listeners that have no idea what rucking is. So rucking from what I can understand (laughs) is basically walking with weight. Pretty much. Um, You know, they kind of look at the infantry style who have to do their marches and carry all their, their gear with them or even back in the, the old traveler time where you had to whatever you had on your back was what you owned and that's how you traveled from place to place so that was the concept that brought that on and so uh whatever you can carry with you um it's definitely a slower pace than doing running or jogging but it still has that cardio impact because you're putting the extra weight onto your body. So you're not hurting your joints. Yeah, you're not hurting your joints as much. But definitely I'm feeling the weight. Uh, especially well, I can when guarantee I can... you. I yeah. can guarantee you that Gavin and those guys, they're not carrying twenty two pounds. Those guys oh, are carrying no. full 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 plate carriers. They're probably carrying forty or fifty pounds at least. Oh totally. Totally. Yeah. I know that we will not be able to compete with them, but I'm excited to do what we can and at least say, hey, we're not, uh, we're not turning down a challenge. And you know, maybe one day, I might be able to compete with them. Well, I think we're, you know, Amanda and I are kind of doing it for ourselves too, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, you it know, it's just a good push and motivation. Absolutely. So the dates for this actual ruck is July twenty first to twenty fifth. So it does give us some time to. Uh, figure out what we can physically do. I'm hoping to do more than just the one that our team has all agreed to do. Uh, I would love to get in shape and do all four, but I'm going to be honest, uh, fellow listeners, I am very pretty, but I am not in shape. So, uh, And very very humble, too. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I need to be realistic. So I think I would be really happy with two rucks out of the four for my own personal goal and maybe do like a 10 and a 25. I don't know that 25 is going to be a killer. I think maybe two tens. <laughs> maybe two tens, but you know what? We'll, we'll see as we get closer to July, how yeah. we're feeling. Cause I mean, if we keep up rocking three times, three to four times a week, I think we're going to feel it really where we're getting that consistency of it. So I'm pretty excited to check that out. You can but. rock the lawn next week. Ha ha ha. That's what Josh did today. That so, was interesting. So from my understanding, uh, but, when I looked up a ruck, it said pretty much a, a ruck could be anything walking, 
walking, running, jogging, any sort of thing like that with the, with weight. I'll call yes. it. Yes. Yeah. yeah, basically it's whatever you're doing, you're you're moving from point A to point B with your feet under your own power. <laughs> under your own power <laughs> yeah. with whatever weight that you can carry. So and muster. So um I, I think it's a great opportunity. It's great for all levels, so beginners to highly advanced. Uh, obviously, this is a very popular um, infantry, uh, I don't want to say strategy, but uh, common training. practice. Common practice. Well, is that the best it's way military to say it? training, basically, is what you're doing with the boot yeah, camp. Except, except they're going to do a 50 kilometer hike, not a 25 kilometer. Yes. That's. <laughs> But I believe this is a, an infantry basis, like it, it's a, a check mark off, like this is a, an industry standard. That's that's why if you complete it, you get the, the um, you can validation. Buy, you can, you can, you can buy, buy your own, you can buy your own uh, Once you metal. complete it, you can buy your own metal <laughs> saying that you completed it. So, so we can thank Fanny when you, metal, complete, when you do it? I will say I'll get Josh to pay for it if I want it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Josh signed us up, so I think any any one of us who completes it, Josh should have to buy us our, our award. You got it. I'll buy you an award if you do 10, 10, 20, 10, 10, 10, 25. I'll buy you an award. Oh, I will, I will do it then. Do it. Do <laughs> it. I have no idea how much. You how gave it, Mike a challenge. You know he's going to do it. <laughs> I'm already working my way up to being able to run the run the 10K, so... That's wicked. Okay, so you're running the 10K. Are you running the 10K with weight or just with nothing? With the weight. With the weight. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, we all know that Mike's in better shape than. So we I should are, I should be ordering your your uh, certificate now, right? Uh, I I appreciate your confidence in it, <laughs> but Amanda, you haven't seen or, a silhouette of me. <laughs> <laughs> you know I am in what? a shape, but it's not necessarily fit shape. I, I get it. I get it. But, you well, know. Well, we haven't even been able to walk the 10 yet. So. No, no. The farthest we've gotten is the 5. And I think it was about 4.8 kilometers. Josh looked at me and he's like, are you okay? Are you all right? Your face is red. You don't look right. And I'm like, I'm fine. What are you talking about? Let's just keep moving. And he's trying to talk to me about, like, what's going to happen, like, I think it was like uh, Canada Day weekend. We were discussing some options. I'm like, I can't process this right now. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I no, just keep walking. I can't talk. Let's just walk. So I mean, you're definitely in better shape than I am. Well, Let's I'm, just say that, Mike. I think I like your strategy going with the uh, with the vest chest rig. Yeah, kind of thing. I haven't actually gone out with the vest yet. So far, I've only gone out with the backpack. Um, I was supposed to go out this morning, but I may have slept in instead. So, like I would think, oh, especially shucks. especially if you're running, like you won't have your weight bouncing up and down, right? That was mm-hmm. my biggest problem when I started trying to like jog with it, is I could only run at a certain speed where like I yeah. didn't have any bounce to my step. Otherwise, yeah, it would start because the weight sinks to the bottom of your bag, and then it separates from your back, and it comes back and it smacks you right in the spine. So you you learn very quickly how fast you can go without hurting. So what are you, what are you using for weights in your backpack then? Uh, In my backpack, they were just weights I had. Like I have, like I have a bench press thing. So I just, I grabbed 25 pounds, threw them in there. Yeah. Yeah. Now I originally used water. I had two canisters, two big jugs of water. 
But uh, it turned out one of them split and <laughs> leaked all over my bag. And we're just using our range bag, yeah, so just, she had everything else in there. Her yes, ears I got did. wet and right. all her targets. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't, no. Yeah, but, I mean, lesson learned. But I still put in some, some weights along with another jug of water. Just trying to reposition them and keep it nice and tight to my back. Up to my middle back, of course, because you don't want it sinking too low. You don't want to be like the silly teenagers who wear them all the way down to their butt. Right? Like, that's so bad for you. And you don't think about it until you're older, right? You're like, why does this hurt so much? Now, if you just wear the darn backpack properly, then you know better. But yeah, I think mine's probably the most interesting. I've got a mixture of ammo and hand weights. Yes, that's right. <laughs> you do. Well, I have weights in mine, but then I also brought my wallet and my phone and what else? But I got some, like, gloss in there still. Like, I still have a lot of the stuff that I keep for the range in there. So, yeah, I did have a little box of ammo in there. SKS rounds are heavy. Yeah, they they would be. So, I, I understand this, yeah, this no. is your range bag and you have, like, ammo and other stuff like that in there. But when you were calculating <laughs> your weight, did you calculate your phone and all that stuff included in your... No. no. I did. I did. Okay. I, when I, I, because I kept everything in my, my actual backpack, whereas Josh put his phone in his his pocket well it's, right? yeah, it's just and your keys phone, and stuff and my wallet is a guest like wallet that's almost half a foot long and probably about two and in, two inches thick like i have a mine's, big wallet mine, mine's empty so it's light so yeah no so <laughs> when i no shut the and i made sure I, I loaded everything up and then i took josh's what, what did you call that a hand scale yeah it's like a luggage scale a luggage scale so i took that and then i weighed everything out that way yeah so yeah it worked out but kudos to you mike for making that little chart for us to kind of um yeah and you like went yeah. instant instant beast mode on it too yeah you did so <laughs> i was pretty excited about that first so, first day out crushed the 10k yeah absolutely <laughs> so oh. he was great motivation by making these spreadsheets uh so that we could track <laughs> our progress and then encourage each other to you know work up to it because we're all at different stages so it's really cool and we're all tracking each other on strava so that's handy we can see what everybody's doing and i've got i've got andrew and uh the other andrew on strava as well so i can kind of see what they're doing ian i've got ian on strava yeah but i don't have gavin i don't know what he uses so at least yeah. i can see what they're doing every day andrew goes out like two or three times a day yeah. he's friggin' nuts um i meant to ask you mike what did what watch did you have for tracking um, I just, I have a Samsung Gear 3, I think it is. It's Very whatever, cool. it's like the, the smartwatch that Samsung has out. Oh, that's cool. So now we're getting into the problem that we all have. Whenever we start a new thing, we want all the gear and all the toys and everything else. Yeah. Because so, <laughs> yeah. we all got smartwatches. Yeah. <laughs> I've already so, been looking at new shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I need new shoes. Yeah. I'm not looking at shoes, but I'm looking at sports bras. I'm looking at yeah, me, me too. <laughs> I'm looking at insoles and definitely rethinking um, what I'm wearing on my bottoms. I notice because of the way it's rubbing me the wrong way, and it's just it, it's not it's not it's been fun with the heat. Funny that it's just walking, but then you find all these little things that you know. Yeah, exactly. I haven't that, had any yeah. issues with feet, but yeah. you like. Josh instantly had blisters. Yeah. Almost. I don't know about you, Mike or Thomas. I know you walk regularly. What is it that you normally wear? Basic running shoes. Basic running shoes. 
Asics. Like, oh, Asics. Oh, that's So they've cool. got two basic types. They've got them for running and they've got them for walking. I find the running ones fit me better. Um, so I get their top end ones because they've got a really high arch support. And I'll get about yeah. a year of use out of them before. And that's, I wear them every, unless there's, there's water outside, I always wear them walking the dog because it gives me the support and the traction that I need walking. I find okay. if I have a pair of shoes that don't fit properly, my yeah. back hurts, my leg hurts, but I find with the ASICs and the proper support, I can walk all day and I'm fine. So I'm wearing my North Face boots and I had originally <laughs> bought them as winter boots, um, but they are kind of like an all around hiking boot. It's not really winter boots, but for what my use of them, I'm not sitting there um, digging through the snow in them, right? So it's just kind of like a light wear, something with a thicker tread. Uh, but I've been wearing them to the range and I've been wearing them now for the wrecking and I'm really enjoying them. I just feel like I need a little bit more support because my feet, I think I've stretched the canvas or the material up enough that I feel like they're sliding a little bit. So I feel like some new insoles would just put it perfectly, but I'm wearing cheap, cheap socks, nothing fancy in there. I'm not getting any blisters or hot spots. So I'm really enjoying that. And they're nice and comfortable. Yeah, the, the main, main thing is you don't want to wear cotton. You want something, a material that's going to wick the moisture away because once your feet get wet, then they're going to start to sweat. And then you can start that's to That's what Marino wool is supposed to do. That's why yeah, that's, that's what you ordered, those socks. But, like, I, I basically have Steve Madden, like, ankle socks that are nylon. And, I mean, definite – I'm not finding any sweat. I'm not finding any – any um rubbing issues so i'm doing pretty good and so mike, far and mike you said you're looking at new shoes like what are you are you looking at like a hiking boot style or a running shoe or oh running shoe yeah yeah i um, don't know i was thinking running shoe but then i thought maybe i'd want some more ankle support but you were talking about making this multi-purpose yeah. because the last time that we i went, don't want it to be slippery either like i yeah. want a little bit of grip if it was on a trail or something i thought a little bit of ankle support for uneven ground and a little bit of traction right yeah, it depends so. on how uneven you expect it to be, right? If you're going on a beaten down path, yes, it's a little unstable and there might be the odd tree root out, but mm -hmm. you really need that much ankle support. And it depends on how hard you want to go at this, right? Because well, I just I, thought about I, adding right, like adding that extra weight would change things, right? But yeah. also the arch the archery uh, circuit that we have at the club, it is not a well worn path. Okay. Uh, and we had tripped a couple times, and I mean, he definitely was wearing good boots, but they weren't giving the ankle support. And I think the one day you did twist your ankle pretty bad. Yeah, I rolled it. Yeah, yeah. you rolled it. So yeah. it wasn't it wasn't a uh, wasn't a good thing. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But. Uh, so Mike votes running shoes. Okay. Mike yeah. votes running shoes. Well, there's but, nothing more comfortable than a running shoe, right? Well, so. yeah, and you could technically use like you got your Vans, but those aren't those aren't good running yeah. shoes right so definitely something with a little more padding and that you can I, I find if you're doing if you're doing any long distance you really want as, as light weight on your feet as you can because you've got heavy boots when you get to the end like that's why i like these featherweight shoes I've, yeah. I've got hiking boots i hate wearing them walking the dog because they're so heavy yeah i appreciate them when i'm coming down a hill like we'll cut through the park so if I've got my running shoes on, I'll stick to the walkway. But if I've got my boots on, I'll go down the, the grade. So yeah, you, you got to switch 
make make the shoe fit the terrain, but you still want to keep it as light as possible because the only time you really need ankle support is like hockey skates or if you're doing like climbing or something that root, you know, where you are definitely going to twist it. Yeah. yeah. Only, well, yeah. I will say with my North Face because they come up over my ankles and then the the lace actually goes wrapped around the back and then it actually has little holes to poke the laces through and so you can do a double loop and then tighten them up. So I feel like even that little strap just kind of helps keep them into like my ankles feel more supported whether they are or not I don't know but it feels better so I'm definitely enjoying to go with what feels best to you that's the important thing that that is the important thing because I mean I love running shoes don't get me wrong but yeah I don't know if you're if you're concerned about your that you're going to twist your ankle or roll your ankle then it makes sense to go with ankle support you know yeah absolutely but I'm, I mean, well, no, Josh has girly ankles, so he's getting the ankle support. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really can't see us being runners in the future. You know what I mean? Like, everybody's yeah. needs are different. I can't see Josh and I being runners. Like, maybe we would be yeah. if we. No. 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 I, I can't see <laughs> that. I run to the washroom, maybe. Something, really, something really scary better be chasing me. <laughs> <laughs> so, th- yeah. that does bring up a good point because for me, I, uh, back in college, now this was like a decade ago, I used to run a 10K about three times a week. Oh, wow. And um, even after I got out of college, even when my shape turned from, you know, up and down to left and right, um, I still was doing some <laughs> 10Ks with my brother-in-law for a couple years after college before everything just kind of went, you know, downhill. <laughs> yeah. Gravity took effect. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So... That's what I love about That's this. what happens when you have kids, right? Yeah. Oh, this was this way is... before I had kids. This, happened, before you. this <laughs> happened at that point when I moved out. And it's like, I can have a bag of chips whenever I want. You know, I can. <laughs> I don't have to eat dinner. I can have a cake. No. No, really what happened bad is that I used to travel for work. So I used to spend a lot of my time sitting in hotels where there's nothing to do. And then what do you do when you're on the road? You also go out for dinner all the time. So that added up real quick and it added up on the scale real quick yeah yeah i don't, I don't blame you for sure so but i that, that's the one thing i love about this whole challenge is that it could be anybody's pace you can do it fast you can do it slow so really excited and i'm hoping other uh fellow podcasters i think they called it slam fire and a couple others uh to join in and i hope that everyone else does and if anybody else is interested i will make sure that uh, mike has the link to post it in our podcast so but let's move on to our main topic today so it's brush the dust off of your guns time to check humidity levels who did that (laughs) i was more looking at no i remember to talk about it afterwards okay gotcha (laughs) it's a whole episode it's a whole episode on humidity (laughs) It was more about, hey, guys, you know what? We've been sitting here. We've been dealing with lockdown after lockdown after lockdown. What are we, What is it that we need to look at uh, before we head back to the range? So we're going to talk about a couple different things. Uh, so how about we start with, well, how long has it been? A month and a half. A month and a half? Oh, my goodness. So unless you've been religiously dry firing like Mike which it sounds like he hasn't even really been <laughs> Did even you, doing that. My, fa- my face has wandered. Wander, right? 
You built that wall, right? Yeah, I built a wall. Built that wall. <laughs> built that wall. Unfortunately, it won't wall. do very good. Yeah, it won't do very good. Just another brick in the wall. I I want to go and visit the wall. I want to see its magnificence. <laughs> you you are more than welcome to come visit the wall anytime you want. Aww. It's like a pilgrimage. <laughs> Sounds wonderful. But unless you're uh, religiously um, handling your your firearms and and having um, doing some dry firing, then you're likely feeling a little bit rusty. So how about we start off with looking over your guns and cleaning. Um, we're lubing and before we go. So anybody and, got some notes about that? And like Tom well, said about humidity. That, that's why I mentioned <laughs> yeah. humidity because this, this is the bad time of year. When you're going from heat to cold, you're not running your furnace, you're not running your air conditioner. So the good thing about air conditioning or, or forced air heat, it's taking the moisture out of the air. If you're not running it, especially if your guns are stored in the basement, your humidity level is going to shoot right up. So just be aware that when you're changing seasons and you're not using hot or cold, the humidity levels will, will shoot up in, your, in, in, in the basement especially. But your house levels will go up too. So part of your cleaning and maintenance well, is making sure that you have a, a dry environment for your firearms. So what do you use to control the humidity in your safe? Uh, two things. I run a light source. So there's always uh, a small 15-watt light bulb in there going, and it keeps the temperature at 72 degrees. And which really helps with the, with the moisture level too, because it's a constant sort of heat. And then I have a rechargeable silica box. It just has a little window on it. And when it goes green, you just recharge it. So I've got a power cord in the safe. And the other day when I opened it, it was just a little bit of green, not much. So I just plugged it in. I'll run it for a couple of days. It'll dry it right out. And then it'll, it'll be good for, I mean, I'm usually, pre-COVID, I was in my safe every other day. Now, since it's been so long that we've actually been shooting, I usually go down every couple of weeks and just check it. But it, it levels are usually about 40, 45% of the safety immediate levels. So I'm not concerned. But one day, my cleaning lady killed the power that had everything hooked up in the safe. And I'm glad I had that little humidifier in there too because the levels went way up. As soon as there's no power, there's no heat source to keep everything dry inside. So, I liked having that backup silica pack in there. That's a smart idea. Do you use anything, Mike? Uh, yes, I use these little dehumidifier disposable things you can buy from the dollar store. I think they're meant for like your closet. Uh, yeah, I've it's called those, damp like, crap. It's a buck. Up. It's a buck yeah. twenty-five. I use those. I you know they're straightforward. You open them up, you put them in the safe. And then, you know, at some point in time, all the, I don't know what it is, but the chemical that sucks the moisture out of the air, it eventually runs out and you just take it and you throw it in the garbage and put another one in. But now that Thomas mentioned this, I don't remember the last time I checked it. So I'm going to check it right after the show. That's smart. I you gotta, can't say that you gotta I've watch, never done it. You got to watch that system too, um, because it can cause issues. I don't remember. Oh, Tracy Wilson had yeah. a bunch of done, uh, guns damaged. Because the, the stuff was in and it held the water and it wasn't emptied. So you got to be careful if you're using a system like that where actually yes. it takes the water out, but it still leaves it in the safe. Yes. But yeah, but once yeah. it's mis mixed with whatever that chemical thing is that actually sucks it out of the air, 
Yes, I, I remember seeing that and that that liquid. I think she spilt it or it leaked. I'm not really 100% sure how it happened, but somehow yeah, it got sure. out. And that's what actually damaged the gun was that mixture of the mo- like the water and that chemical. Um, I mean, I can understand you could bump it or something like that, but where I place it, I place it right up against the side at the back or at the back in the like back corner to the point where like no guns are even going near it like even the butts of the gun so i'd have to do something silly or well something silly like you know tip over my safe or be pulling it out get butterfingers and throw it up in the air but i mean that's why i suggest running just a low wattage light bulb in there because a humidifier rod's going to cost you 7500 bucks receptive light receptacle is going to cost you what 10 bucks yeah i i've always had an issue though if you if your safe isn't pre-wired then you're drilling a hole through your safe somewhere. I'm not concerned that that's making a safety issue in the sense of, you know, someone's going to see that hole and go, oh, now I can get in. I'm more concerned with the fire rating of the safe. You, you they all have a hole. They all have, Sorry? they all have a hole in the bottom. They all have a hole drilled in the bottom of the safe that's plugged. Yes. And the fire safety, it's just drywall. Yeah. So you're not interfering with the drywall. You're putting it up and running it underneath the drywall. Okay. That's the yeah, biggest that, problem. That, that hole in the bottom is for a different purpose. It's so that you can lag your safe to the floor. Yeah. Yes. So I already have something in that hole, a lag that's holding it to the floor. You know, I, I never even thought of any of this. I had my gun safe <laughs> on the main floor in my closet in my bedroom because I had the, basically a bungalow and I didn't want it in my basement because of moisture issues. So... But That's now another I, option too. Yeah, leave so it, the leave other, it upstairs. What yeah. about under your under your mattress is probably pretty good. Ha ha ha. <laughs> so, but I mean, now that we've moved in, um, we've I've we've moved both of the safes into the basement, and so what what have we been doing? I haven't even thought of that at all. I've taken all of your things. Yes, you have. <laughs> They're all so, in my safe what, now. <laughs> what, what, so what are we? What do you? Do you do anything? Nothing. Nothing? So should we do something? I should, yes. yes. I'm inspired yes. to do something. Okay. Yep. Well, you that's should. important to know. Like, I know it's a fair, it's a pretty dry basement overall, and you have that tile down. <laughs> but like Thomas said, the fluctuations in temperature is what can is do what too, can right? do. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's what interesting. What you want to do is just buy a hydrometer. Hydrometer. Just okay. put it in your cabinet. Hydrometer. Sorry. And just put it in your cabinet and see what your humidity levels are. And if it's over 50, you want to do something. Okay. I have all those things. Do you? Wonderful. That's wonderful. I'm glad to think about that. That's a good thing to know because they have been sitting there for a couple months now. But my next question is then. All right. So um, most of us clean our guns regularly, but maybe some because of lack of usage haven't been cleaning them or oiling them so oh, i find the oil kind of evaporates so, doesn't it but if it's sitting there then how long should like how often should you be oiling them if you're not using them right because it's one thing when you're using them constantly because then you you know so they're gummy and dirty but when they're just sitting there uh, how often should you be cleaning them up well are you talking about maintenance or long-term storage because long-term storage is going to be a different routine entirely 
Well, let's just but, let's just say maintenance because it be, looking at a situation like what we've been going through, we're just not using them as often. Well, even even you know once you get a certain number of guns, you might have your favorite, but a lot of them tend to sit there for months, and maybe you'll bring one out when you feel like it, right? Yeah. So, what are the Sometimes recommendations on those situations? Pull it out just with an oily cloth. Just give it a good wipe down. Run a bore snake if you don't have a bore snake. Just uh, a lightly oil patch through to the barrel. Anything that's metal, just you know, give it a, a light coating on a cloth. Um, yeah. But how often if you're doing, should we be doing that? It depends on how you got them stored too. Um, I honestly, I do mine at least once a year. Okay, once a year. That's fair enough. So it's not like yeah. during this whole pandemic situation, if everyone at least cleaned their guns at one point during the year, then, you know, we got nothing to worry about. Well, then you have to look at it, too. How many guns do you have? Yeah. Well, Josh has got quite a few in there. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> and then look oh. at Mike's collection. You know, it's... Yeah, Mike's I could, collection. I could clean a gun a week every week and still not make it to the end so <laughs> is that true mike uh no i wish it was <laughs> true but no don't, don't we all okay so at least making sure that they're nice and clean and that you've done some sort of service work within the last year like looping it up and getting ready to go and, but that's an interesting concept of the the long-term storage i would like to save that i'm going to pin it on the board for another topic so um cosmoly yeah there you go <laughs> all right so what about uh range etiquette and rules so has anything changed at your range so something to follow up with but what are some major range peppies between each of us and you know to be honest let's not be that person so let's <laughs> talk about it what about you, Mike? What's a big pet peeve you have? Follow safety rules. The, the basics. Look at the sign on your yeah. driving in. There's going to be a set of rules. There's probably only, you know, maybe a dozen of them. Follow them. Don't point your gun at me. Don't point your gun at someone else. <laughs> you know? That Don't sound, hand that, over a firearm. <laughs> yeah, it might sound like a joke, but it, you know, don't do it. I don't like it. No, I, I can agree. I can tell. Yeah, <laughs> and I agree with you one hundred percent. Oh yeah, some, somebody sweeps you, you're they're going to be told. Yep. Mm -hmm. Because it yep. is it is apparently not appropriate for me to shoot back. So don't do it to me. <laughs> <laughs> don't take them off. Yeah, I agree. What What about you, Josh? What's some pet peeves that you have? Uh, uh chatty Cathy's probably. You know, if I usually when I go to the range, I'm usually on a time crunch and I just want to do my thing. And, you know, unless it's a Thursday night where I, you know, I'm going with the intention of hanging out with people and chatting. I kind of want to just do my thing and people are disrupting the line by having conversations when they should be shooting. And that's that's probably my biggest thing. And then they complain yeah. that they didn't get their shots in when everyone wants to go down range yeah. and change targets. Yeah. yeah. Right now is when we yeah. should be shooting. And then we can chat while we're changing targets or whatever. But yeah, yeah. That, that bugs me. Yeah, that's the way it should be. Especially if you've got a shared firing line where there's other people waiting for you, do your, do your chatting when you're done shooting. It's not like you've got your own individual lines, lanes. So, yeah. Fair enough. And especially now because nobody's seen each other in so long, right? I foresee a lot of catching up and talking and yeah. goofing around, maybe. 
But that's yeah. what the parking lot's for. We're yeah, exactly. Exactly. What about you, Thomas? Do you have any pet peeves? Who's got the geese running in the background? <laughs> it, it's the Canadian <laughs> backdrop. It is, and it's natural. It wasn't added in. Um, my pet peeve is um, people not following protocol with COVID. Like, I will usually, if I go to the range these days, it's in the evening, um, and there's still the spray, the wipe, and everything. I come in, and it's on the counter. Everything's moved around. Like When you're done, wipe it down, disinfect it, and put it back to where it was. The next person coming in can use it as well, too. Like, you know, we've got protocols we have to follow. Try to follow them. Yeah, we've actually had a member who said he's not coming back until uh, pretty much COVID is significantly reduced because he was worried about the protocols that we had set up and then people just not following him because it's impossible to police everything, right? And he walked in a couple of times with people not wearing masks and he just got fed up and left. It ruins it for everybody when they do that. So, But we'll get a little bit more into that. So I totally appreciate that though, Thomas. I have to be honest, I have like all three are major pet peeves of mine. Like when I'm there, I'm there to shoot. So, I mean, I, I am a social butterfly, but I am there to kind of do my thing. I, you know, one thing I noticed is, is that, you know, maybe the social aspect has been declining for quite a while. So everyone's like, yeah, yeah here, look at my guns. You want to hold it? And I'm like, no, I don't want to hold your gun. Leave me alone. I don't, I don't. I, I'm not. I always I, want to hold the gun. <laughs> I really want to hold on, someone's right gun. Now, it's, 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 I don't know. I've always feel weird about touching someone else's property because of any, I don't know if it's been axed and proved. And then if I'm axing and proving, then they're going to take offense to it that I'm not doing that. Um, I just, I'd rather not. And to be honest, it's like, well, what if I do something that ends up scratching it? Like, obviously, they're, yeah, they're handing it to me, but I, I don't know. I feel very wary about that. So uh, COVID protocols are also very important to me. So um, I feel that we need to abide by them, at least until everything kind of chills chills out a little bit more. And uh, finally, clean up after yourself. Oh, my goodness. I the think the last, times... time we, the last time we went, there was probably a dozen shotgun shells just sitting there on the firing line. Drives me nuts. Shotgun shells. It's not like little 22s that are in the um, in the grass, in the grass yeah. that are really hard to see, which is that's like one of the few things that the our club in particular are like, yeah, you know what? If you miss one or two, that's fine. Uh, as long as they're not, you know, unused, because obviously we know how dangerous that could be if a lawnmower went over them. But uh, the shotgun shells, there was, uh, how many were there? Probably a dozen or so. A, at least a dozen. And I'll go into the, uh, we're, we're one facility where we clean up after ourselves because we are a non-profit, we're non-profit, right? Yeah, we're non-profit organization. So we, we take turns to, and we volunteer our time. So clean up your breasts. Like, I don't want to trip over it. I don't want to slip and fall on my butt in front of you guys. Like, no, thank you. I don't I don't want to have to deal with any of that. So clean up after yourselves. Yeah. That That's my biggest pet peeve, I think. So, I don't know. Don't be that person yes. at all. I will say this, Amanda. Anyone who takes offense to you doing action proof, if they hand you a gun, it's a moron. 
Because well, you should I always agree, do it. But <laughs> you know what? I'm just, I, I am one of those people who tend to think too much about what other people think of me. And it's, it's a fault. It really is. And I'm going to be honest, I think it's a feminine fault. Because we're so used to changing our personality to make sure that everybody is comfortable with what we're doing that we don't seem like the biatch in this situation, right? So I don't know. But I agree. I agree with you. If I'm doing something that is appropriate, like acts improving, but I just rather not touch it. Yeah. And, and be done with it, right? Like, once I get more comfortable, because I am a newer shooter, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how you feel. I know when I was handling people's watches at the jewelry store or people's jewelry in general, like, you put it, like, if you get, when I, I used to change batteries on the backs of the, um, of the watches, and it's basically like a clamp style that would go on the back of the watches and you'd spin it. And, you know, some people were fine with it. They understood that it could scratch it, but it really upset others when you got anything in back there. But, I mean, it's metal on metal. It's going to scratch. So I know how finicky some people can be, and it's just made me very wary. And I would think that some people are the same about their guns, right? Yeah. If you're the one that ends up creating that scratch in there, then you're, you're in big trouble. So If you've got nice things to shoot... And you're going to let other people shoot them. Make sure they take off their rings. Because I've scratched my own guns with my rings. So I, if I handle anybody else's firearms, I don't have any jewelry on. Yeah, That's a really smart point. And I, I do agree with that. Because you, you, I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah. If if I was just, you know, being handed something, which has happened to me on a muscle. Here, take it. Just hold it. I'm not going to bite you. Yeah. And, well, people... Re- uh, you People know, really trying- react when you, you say, no, hang on, let me take my rings off. I don't want to scratch your gun. They're saying, oh, no, it's okay. I said, no, this is a really expensive gun. I don't want to. And people appreciate when you do it. Yeah. Yes, of course they do. So, but then again, my knowledge <laughs> of what, what's expensive and what's not is, you know, lacking thereof too. So Just treat everything like it's, like it's expensive. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that, that's a way to look at it. So, um uh, a point that I wanted to bring up was to be patient and make sure that you aren't in a rush, Mr. Josh, when you're going to the range. Uh, because of limited numbers around allowed on the, the ranges, I know that some of the bigger ones might be booking appointments, but our range in particular, it's a first-come, first-served basis. Um, so if someone was there before you, don't be the person that makes them feel rushed out of what they are doing. They took time. They were there. And if they're not doing exactly what you want to do, like, you wait. Uh, because we, uh, it's just our outdoor range that's open. We can go at the 100 yard. Or we could go up to the 20 yard. Uh, but obviously someone shooting at 100 yards can't, you know, the other person can't go to the 20 yard. Well, you if the wait. person at the 20 yard is shooting prone, then that's okay, right? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. The bullet just go over top of them. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Hilarious. You're, you're freaking hilarious. It's just about communication. Communication is key. You get my point. Is that you? Don't, we have to be patient and understanding. If that person's there first, don't be going in there and thinking that you can get everything done in and out in 45 minutes. It's not going to happen. So and remember, Josh, you're within slapping distance, so be careful what you say. Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
on the back of the head. <laughs> yep. There you go. Um, so don't be that person making them feel rushed. I think I it, it ruins it for everybody then. I know with our range, we have the outdoor and we have the archery. So I plan on bringing both. So if one's full, then I can go to the other and make use out of my time. Yep. That's so, good. And just be conscious that people people are waiting. Do the shooting. Do what you have to do. And like we said earlier, when you want to social work, socialize, do after you're off the line, so other people can access I agree. it. I agree. It, it does go both ways, but I mean, yeah. with go with the intention of knowing that things are not going to go exactly the way that you want them to go. Yeah. Is I, I guess my <laughs> idea. Yeah. So, and also bringing up. Um, you know, the whole protocols of social distancing. We all have different opinions about what this pandemic is. And it's perfectly okay to have different opinions. But until we get to some normalcy, it's important to respect each other's beliefs. So, you know, um, I have found that there's huge controversy over COVID-19 and whether it's a government conspiracy whether it's a legit thing whether it's just something that is legit but hyped up more than what it should be everybody has their their beliefs and they are entitled to those beliefs and you shouldn't be forcing your beliefs onto others but for the time being let's follow the government mandate right so if they're saying you wear masks indoors you wear masks indoors if they're and, saying six and don't, feet, and don't, stay six feet. And don't take it out on your board members because they're just doing their best. <laughs> exactly. They want you to be able to use the facilities without being penalized or charged. Can you blame them? No. I don't know. I get it. It, it Sometimes it feels ridiculous. And we're all just trying to get through it all. I, I We're all doing our best. We all have different thoughts. I mean... Um, we've all talked about what our risks are here. I know that for Thomas, it's really important with the COVID protocols because you know you have other um, health issues between yourself and Terry that could seriously lead to um, health, like severe <laughs> health consequences. Yeah, it wouldn't be good. You, if it, and it, it's not even just COVID. If it was like the flu, it could still knock you yeah. off your butt. Right. So you have to be mindful and you have to be conscious, whereas for some people, they don't have that fear instilled in them because they don't have those problems. And that's OK. That is totally OK. But respect that you don't know what that other person is going through. That's all I'm saying, because I feel like everybody has been torn apart by this whole pandemic, along with other. That was the whole plan from the <laughs> beginning. Tear us all apart. It's it's funny. Yeah. I was walking up the I was walking up the street yesterday, and uh, one neighbor, Barb, super super nice lady, one of the nicest people you'd ever want to meet. I've never heard her utter a profanity in my life. And I just walked by. I said, "Hey, Barb, how you doing?" And the words that came out of her mouth, I'm like, "Don't worry, Barb. It it'll get better." I just never. <laughs> so it's it's affecting people that you wouldn't think it would affect. Like just oh, so. It really. I had a mother call me. Um, the other day in regards to her son and we're, we're trying to plan a future date where my son can go and see her son even if it's from a distance because he's an only child both of the parents work and so they'll take turns staying home and he is 
depressed beyond belief. So they're very much uh, very conscious on the whole fact of, of COVID-19. They've both gotten their vaccines. They, they are really trying to do their best to follow all the protocols as possible, but they see the mental health and how affect how much it's affected their son. So that's that's know. something to I'm just going to touch on that for a second. It's something to as gun owners that we have to be aware of ourselves. You know, we've got an, an enormous responsibility being firearms owners, and right now everybody's going through so much. You know, and, and it's difficult because they're people don't have access to the mental health issues or mental health <clears throat> facilities that they need. They don't have the personal contact they need. And people's thinking goes a little, a little uh, screwy in times like this. You know, they, they think about hurting themselves, or maybe hurting other people. If, you know, if, if you're going through a tough time, talk to somebody, you know, just there's all kinds of helplines out there. You know, it's, it's not just you, it's millions of people are going through it, but there's help out there if you need it. So, because I know some people are having a really, really tough time, and you know they, they think about harming themselves, and it's it's not often talked about, but it does happen. So as a gun owner, it's something you really have to be conscious of your own mental health because it could affect other people as well too. Absolutely. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. No, no, I totally get it. I 100% get it. So let's try and be supportive and understanding, even though we might not be able to 100% relate. Right. And you're right. As firearm owners, we need to be mindful of what's going on around us. So 100%. And actually, Josh brought up a really good point to take time and notice and appreciate any maintenance or upgrades during the shutdown at your ranges. So, you know, again, our range in particular is volunteer time, 100%, unless we pay someone with the dues that all the memberships uh, have paid for to uh, provide some of the services that are there. But I mean, like cutting down trees um, and, and creating the trails for the archery circuit have been all volunteer time. Uh, same with the lawn cutting and the snow plowing is all done by volunteer. Uh, the fact that we're getting our indoor range sealed is, and uh, has all been volunteer time. We had to pay for supplies, but it's members and executive members, especially who are taking the time to do all the work to uh, keep the upgrades up to your, your range. So take a note, appreciate, and if you can volunteer some of your time, 100%. Anybody, well said. Anything else to add to that? No, well said. What about you, Mike? I know you kind of help out with some, some of the courses at your range so yeah do you agree to that oh yeah i agree i agree to it um i hate to say it but like out of a club of what we're 400 members now i think like besides the people who show up to my match who might say like hey mike thanks for running a match you rarely hear anything positive from members it's like a lot of things right you only ever see the negative reviews you never see the positive ones so I mean, it can, yeah. be, it can be rough it's sometimes. It's almost like silences. Yeah, when, yeah. when you're on like the, your yeah, when you're on the board and you're putting in a lot of effort and a lot of time and like your own personal time, right? Like I have to go to the range at some point in time, and I'm going to spend an entire day there, and I'm probably not even going to bring a gun because I know that I'm not going to get to shoot at all because I'm just going to be working the whole time, right? I would rather be shooting, yeah. but I'm there working. 
Yeah. Yeah. I I I'm not a part of the executive members uh, yet. Maybe be looking into that in the next couple of years. But Josh is, and I, you know, every every month typically there is a executive meeting. Uh, there's always volunteer opportunities. I have volunteered my time for the the events. Uh, I have volunteered my time to. I personally run the our club's uh, Facebook page along with Josh, and I deal with all the inquiries in regards to uh, joining our club and any uh, courses. I forward them off to the corresponding members and. Believe it or not, like that, depending on the wavelength, like it could take a lot of time to do so. I'm also volunteering my time to help uh, build the website for our club. And nobody thinks about how much time and effort, like, like if you paid someone to do that, how much it would actually cost to, to uh, make those posts or, you know, develop the page. And it, there's a lot that goes into it, a lot. And... I, I definitely want to put a kudos out to our executive uh, team at the Milverton uh, Rod and Gun. I can't talk today, but uh, you know, kudos to everything that you guys do, and really excited to see all the changes that are coming up at the club. And I'm sure it's the same for you guys too. Getting back into routine, it would really help to hear a kudos like when Mike runs. Uh, a match or you know thomas who is helping out uh customers and club members there so it's it's a it's a fun thing we enjoy what we do but a little bit of thank yous isn't going to hurt either right yeah so, and th this kind of goes yeah. along with that and mixed in with your pet peeves follow the rules of the club because i'm like i'm on the board and i know josh is too nothing ruins my day more than when i go to the range to actually have a chance to shoot and i see something that's someone either did or is doing that not following the rules because now I have to go deal with it instead of shooting and doing what I want to do. And it's yeah. a real kick in the pants when you're going there and you're like, okay, you know, wife said she'd watch the kids for the next two hours. I have two hours. You know, I understand like you said, Amanda, you know, you shouldn't be there in a rush time, but like sometimes that's all you have is two hours to get stuff done. And like well, nothing... that's a little different for an executive member, right? Yeah. Because yeah. when you're dedicating time for your your shoot, um, but then you get caught up with executive issues, that's a completely different ballgame. Yeah. So I'm talking – when I say that, I'm talking about general members. Yeah. Like, don't – but, and, it, yeah. And being the heavy, too, is hard, right? When yeah. you don't know somebody to go over there and, and correct them. You don't know how they're going to take it too, right? Yeah. That's always my big thing is I don't know how people are going to take it. They're going to go, well, who are you? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I don't want to be that person either. And I feel like as a new shooter, I almost don't have a right to. But you don't that's, have the confidence to do it. Maybe, that's but, all in my mind. But you know, yeah. that you know the safety rules, right? Someone yeah. can shoot 100 yeah. times better than you but still not be safe. Well, exactly. If you know the safety rules, you know the safety rules, right? Well, yeah. So. No, I know. And I come, I've come. i been come across a couple situations at the club where I was just like, in my gut, I'm like, this doesn't feel right. But And I wish I had approached it with confidence and, and just done it. And why put other members in that situation where you're breaking the rules? Yeah. Like, just, well, just follow the rules. 
most people, if, if there's a safety violation or breaking the rules and you say something then politely, they'll be fine. Like, you know, so don't don't hesitate to yeah. say something to somebody. Just think of be aware of how you're saying it. Right. Yeah. There are other people Absolutely. that think rules rules don't apply to them. Yeah, we I had this run in with this and I was an executive. I was this guy. It was a police officer. And he didn't think anything applied to him. And he said the same thing to you. He just said, well, who are you to tell me that I can't do this? And I'm the one that just pulled your membership and you can get off property. You're suspended for 30 days. Go. You know, just because he had this attitude. Well, I'm a police officer. It doesn't matter. I don't care what you are. You're not safe. You're out of here. Yeah. And see, I'm I'm less confident. I'm less confident you telling me you're a cop and how you can shoot. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the the scary thing is he just joined the range where I work. Oh really? I had run-ins with this guy at the at the other club, several run-ins, safety things. So I'm I'm I know sooner or later if he's on the line, I'm gonna see I'm gonna see something. So yeah. Yeah. But until that happens, why is Tom's getting pulled over so much now? (laughs) (laughs) Because he doesn't have license plates. Remember? Yes, somebody (laughs) stole my license plates. Yeah. No, but I mean, like, it, well, it can be even just dumb things. Like, uh, I've shown up to the pistol range, and you're not allowed to shoot shotgun on the pistol range, but there's shotgun shells in the bucket. And it's like, okay, obviously the person's gone, but now I need to, do- I have to spend my time documenting it so that I can bring it to the board and be like, hey, I don't know who it was, but someone's doing this, right? I need it so that if something yeah. ever happens on we the range later on. Ours, so then someone would have to. Yeah. So, like, if yeah. the, if someone yeah, does something they're not supposed to and the CFO finds out and he comes to us and says, hey, what the heck, guys, you're supposed to be running the club. And we say, hey, we had no idea about this. Then we get in more trouble yeah. than saying, hey, we found out about this and we're in the process of, you know, figuring out who it, who did it and punishing them. Right. So. Yeah, exactly. Because well, we have cameras, but I mean, someone's got to review, review them. Yeah. And I, you know, you kind of have to say it was this date, this time. Yeah. Yada yada yada, yeah, we, and, and we end it's... up having installed cameras at Port Perry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I, it's it's not it's you know it's just be kind. <laughs> yeah, be kind. Follow the rules. Don't be a jerkwad. Yeah, ex- <laughs> exactly. Don't be a jerkwad. <laughs> All right, but uh, I mean, come, come, anything else to add there, Mike? Uh, well, I was going to add in for things you should do is check and repack your range bag. Because as you guys had mentioned, cool. you've been using it Man for your rock. <laughs> what if you took something out, like your ear protection, and you get to the range and you find out that, oh, shoot, I forgot. I used them to cut the grass the other day, and I never put them back. Or I did it a month yeah. ago Point. because we've been in lockdown for so long, right? Yeah. Just stuff like that. Just repack your bag. That way you're sure that you have everything with you. And then the only other thing I would say is kind of in line with what you said with cleaning your gun, but also reacquainting your gun and that, with reacquainting yourself with your gun. Right. Make sure you remember how the safety works, how to run the bolt, how to lock it back, things like that. So you're not figuring out how to do it when you have live ammo on the range and well, making everyone else nervous. I, yeah, I totally missed that part because Josh actually put in. He said that the last time he brought a shotgun to the outdoor range. No, when I was turkey hunting or oh, turkey hunting, we were. Yeah. yeah. Or was it when you were turkey hunting or when we were getting the. Um... Well, no, I, I only use that shotgun, you know couple times a year maybe not very often yeah and then when i was turkey hunting i was fumbling with the safety because i wasn't used to using it and i just yeah it was just a panic moment right when you when it's go time and the bird's in front of you and you're fumbling with the safety and yeah it's not a good thing yeah yeah no so 
And it's important. One, and it's one of those things that it, it only takes like two minutes, you know, before you, when you're taking your gun out, ready, getting ready to go to the range, right? Like, do you know how to lock it back? Yes. Do you know how to release it once it's locked back? Yes. Do you know how to put the safety on? Yes. Take it off? Yes. You know, go through, just go through like a quick little like run through of the operations of it, right? Yeah, so, totally. And yeah. and making sure that you have the correct gear for it, because I mean, I th I'm pretty sure it was the last time we went to the range. I was sure I had my magazines with me, and then Josh went, "Wait, uh, you don't have your magazines there, because I have them here." And I went, "Oh, whoops! <laughs> that was so lucky." I went all the way to the range and had the wrong uh, magazines. So I would have kicked myself in the butt for that. So it yeah. would have been a waste of time. Especially if you're someone... Oh, I've, so, done yes, it. I, I've done 100%. it. Yeah. Especially if you're someone yeah, like me who, who only takes like a handful of my gun to the range. I just assume lots of times that a lot of the gear is in my bag. So Yeah. I and, could even... and for some reason, I had taken it out. I think it was to create more room at the time. Oh no! I had them in my ammo ammunition box, like I have a little green box there, and I, I use I used to keep it in my range bag at all times. But now that I have more room in my uh, in the gun safe, I haven't been able to because we have like one that we're designating as ammunition and one that we're designating as uh, for guns. So I and I also have it locked up with a key or a little lock as well. I hadn't even thought about it because before I used to keep everything in one spot and be good to go, right? So there's my range bag with the locked ammunition box, and then I would have my guns in the gun gun safe. And now I have two gun safes and one we're keeping its ammunition, and I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> so you you have to what? go through it all and you know figure out your routine, and it's been a while, right? So get back into routine. Yeah. Think about what, what, I, it is. what I normally do to avoid that from happening when I come home from the range. I usually just get my gun, especially my pistols. I'll give them a quick wipe down and I will put a magazine in the pistol. So whenever I take a gun from my safe, there's always a magazine in that firearm because I've driven to the range and forgotten stupid mag. So I always make sure that if it's in the gun safe, it's got a mag in it. For the then RCMP, I was going to say, for the RCMP that's listening to this episode, it's an unloaded mag, right, Thomas? Unloaded. Any magazines that are in any magazines that are in the firearm are unloaded. Yes, that's Wonderful. that's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> I'd be kind of impressed if the RCMP were listening. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> just made fun of they, that's, a full, <laughs> that's a full-time job. They monitor social media. They I've never seen the job posting two years ago. They monitor us everything. I'm sure they do. They monitor, well, they monitor uh, gun nuts, all the trade exchange forums, what's being sold, who's buying, who's posting what, and they will do home inspections if they if you give them red flags. So yeah, they do watch. That's their job. You know what? Well, that's their job, and you know what? I can appreciate that too. But uh, if so, for any RCMP or any <laughs> listeners. Uh, please send us any feedback or questions or comments that you may have to this episode or any others at uh, host at newshootercanada.ca uh, or make a post on our Facebook page or leave a comment section on our website at newshootercanada.ca. Uh, don't forget to like us on Facebook and leave us a comment and a rating on iTunes. Uh, so, ladies and gents, 
it's been a long haul. We've been dealing with all sorts of craziness with COVID. So just make sure you're being smart, being safe, uh, socially distance, and go ahead and enjoy your guns at the range. So anything else to add to there, gentlemen? Nope. Sounds like a no? good... A, a good roundup to it all? Good round. <laughs> good. Uh, well, how about we look at our shout-outs for this evening? Mike, do you have any shout-outs? Uh, my shout-out will be to Stefan, uh, the sales guy at John Deere, and Doug, the guy who dropped <laughs> off my new berm-building uh, tractor and showed <laughs> me how to use it. So uh, I'll say thanks to them. Wicked. What about you, Thomas? Uh, three, actually. So two to the listeners, um, our friend Etienne, 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 I can never Etienne. say it. It's Etienne, right, Mike? Etienne. Etienne. He's, uh, Etienne. He still listens. He gave me a shout out at my birthday. It was nice to hear from E.T. He still listens. And my friend Y, I took this lady shooting years ago. Um, she's never had any inclination to go get her license, but she listens to the show. And she listened to the lady episode, ladies episode, and she messaged me about it. So, you know. We've got gunny people that follow us and non-gunny people that listen to us. It was kind of nice. And to Kelly Fitzgerald, I talked to her getting her first knife. She bought, she she made a mistake. She actually, she was trying to order the, she wanted the Delica, and she accidentally ordered the Indelo, the big one. So she likes it. She's got her first bicycle. She's got a half-decent knife. So I got a friend of knives, which is cool. I hope John likes it because he's going to have to sharpen all their knives. So. <laughs> what, what about you, Amanda? Uh, I am going to shout out to the Canadian Patriot Podcast. Thank you so much for the challenge and the opportunity to get our little butts into gear and have some uh, camaraderie. Is that the best way to put it? I'm really digging that. And I, you know, again, I've said I'm not a big podcast listener, but I definitely gave them a listen. And they're interesting. I, I have to say, I had watched. I've, shield, I've shielded her for a while on this one. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, I have a love-hate relationship with uh, their opinions and what they have to say, but they definitely say a lot, and that's it's really cool. <laughs> but all all the best to them, and uh, I really am looking forward to doing this challenge. Well, I think so. what I respect about them is kind of touches on Mike's point about how. It takes a lot of work to get things planned, and they plan a lot of events and do a lot of things. And totally. I really like what they do for the local community, shooting community. So it's good. Yeah, but I mean, just the same as uh, they're uh, completely straight to the point on how they think and feel. And I feel it, uh, part of me was like, oh yeah, I can totally relate to that. And the next part, I was like, what the heck are you guys talking about? <laughs> like I, I don't know you didn't really give that a whole lot of thought but i mean they, they believe what they believe they're not afraid to be challenged and i do appreciate that about them so that was really cool uh shout outs to them though for um kind of calling us all out and doing something different so and what about you josh nope nada nothing. nada nothing oh whatever well, it's been a wonderful evening, gentlemen. I've been enjoying sitting outside here. I'm sure maybe our listeners have heard a little bit of the the back noise there, like you said, the geese and all that. Can, so the Canadian touch to the podcasts. The Canadian touch. Yes, absolutely. So Or the touch Canadians, time, depending on how you're listening. 
<laughs> well, until next time, go ahead and shoot like a girl. Choose your caliber wisely. Keep your barrels pointed downrange and smoking. Time spent at the range is time spent with family. Good night. Have a good one. Bye, night. <laughs> well, I really like 22 now. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or feedback you may have, or if you just want to call shenanigans. You can contact us at host at newshootercanada.ca or through our Facebook page. The way they look, I like the shiny steel and the polished wood. I don't care if they're big or small. They're for sale till I want them all. I like guns. I like guns. I like guns.